0: Welcome to the Strongstown United Methodist Church. Join us for worship each Sunday morning at 11. Here's this week's message. My scripture reading today comes from Mark, excuse me, chapter 4, 26 through 34. If you open your Bibles, I hope that you'll keep them open because I'm going to be referring back to something prior to that. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. With many similar similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them, As much as they could understand, he did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. I first wanted to mention the fact that he talks about everything in parables. This is a parable, it's two parables actually, that I read. And if you look, Mark is really covered with parables. I was looking up this morning, and, and it said that a parable is a simple story uh, used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. And most of the time, it was used by Jesus in the Gospels. But most of us don't realize there are parables actually in the Old Testament and, and other places in the New Testament that other people did use. We always say Jesus did all the parables, but he spoke a lot in parables, and as you can see, he said that most of the time people didn't understand it. There's a lot of things about scripture that I know we struggle to understand. Even his disciples had problems understanding. As you can see, it said that he had to explain everything to them when they were alone. Now, why he didn't explain that to everybody, I still don't understand that part. But I want you to think about the first one it talks about the uh, seed in the ground and he's saying that a seed whether it's scattered no matter where it is that some of the seeds are going to grow no matter what and they grow on their own in such a way that we don't understand how they grow if you're like me we've planted many a seeds in the garden or in and the farm whatever and We put it in the ground, but we really don't understand how it becomes a plant. And and a grain of seed can end up becoming a stalk that has enough other grains that it could be food for our bodies and also grain to regrow other plants. And I'll talk a little more about that in a minute. But I want you to think about the one of the mustard seed. I had to make sure I got a bottle of mustard seed for this one. And I don't know about you, but I've still never figured out the real reason we need mustard seed other than make mustard, right? Is there other uses that you cook with it? Yeah. I asked my wife, she said she doesn't cook with it in any way, shape, or form.
1: Anything Sometimes that she knows? It goes
0: knows. in pickles. Goes in pickles. Okay, that does make sense. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because he says it's one of the smallest seeds in the garden. We have to emphasize that part. But it grows to be one of the tallest bushes in the garden. Now we know that there are seeds smaller than this seed, and if anybody wants to see how small they are, I'll be glad to show you my bottle of mustard seed. But they are very small, but there are seeds, and we know now that there are seeds yet smaller yet than a mustard seed. But when you look at how small this seed is, and it, when it's planted, it said that it would grow literally to almost a, a small tree. It can be like as much as six or seven feet tall. I guess was the average. And and so the mustard plant being such a small seed becomes such a large plant. And he uses the example that the birds could set in the shade of the mustard plant. But it doesn't matter what the seed is. What God is saying in this one parable is the fact that in many cases the seed grows no matter what we do. You know, there's things that we can do if we plant the seeds to help the seed to grow. We know that there are certain plants that need more water than others. There are times when it doesn't rain and we gotta run out there and water something because otherwise it will probably die. And yet there's other things, certain plants need uh, different fertilizers, different things. They've learned this over the years or through the years. So there's things that we can do. But Jesus is using the seed as a metaphor for his word, for his word. And if you go back into the first part of uh, chapter 4, picking up at 3, I want to read this part. It says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop multiplying thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times. And Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And we can read that over and over and we get the metaphor of it that how, depending on the place that it was planted, the seeds, how it makes a difference. But I do want to read how he explains it better, starting at 13. He said, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. The seed is the Word. Some people are like seed along the path where the Word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the Word that was sown sown in them. And we know many times, if we think back to our younger years, I know myself, it was really easy. You could hear something. You may be in church today. You hear something that you think, this is really good. You know, I don't remember a lot of the parables when I was young. I remember a lot of the stories like uh, the, the Red Sea opening, and I was excited about that. That was an interesting story. How did he do that? You know, and we think about some of the stories we remember as children. And that's what he's trying to say. You may remember that, but what happened? You get outside of church, you get with your friends, and it doesn't take long till someone tells you that's impossible. That won't happen, you know, and they discourage you and you've already forgotten what you just heard a few hours ago, maybe. And then he said, some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in down. Here again, Satan is busy doing his thing. He's trying to discourage us. He's trying to tell us that what we've heard is not truth. He's trying to tell us that, that, you know, if we're with the wrong people, it doesn't take long until we believe what they're trying to tell us instead of what the Word of God is trying to tell us. He goes on to say, Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the Word at once, receive it with joy, but since they have no root, they only last a short time. When the trouble or persecution comes because of the Word, they quickly fall away. Think how easy it is to fall away from the word of God. Even Peter, being a disciple with three years with Jesus, denied Jesus. It was so easy to fall away when you're in the wrong predicament. So still others like seeds sown among the thorns hear the word, but the worries of life, the deceitful, Seedfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. We know how easy that can happen. We understand how the thorns will choke out the seed. But think of how many Satan and Satan's people are choking out our word. We get with the wrong crowd. It makes a world of difference. And Then it says, Others, like the seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it. And produce a crop 30, 60, or even a hundred times what was sown. Think about that. We can multiply our lives by many, many times. <clears throat> Excuse me a second. So he's using the seed as a metaphor for the Word, the Word of God. And we are. Just like Jesus and his disciples, we are called to spread that word. Just like the farmer spreads the seed to grow the crops, we are to spread the word of God so that other people hear about God. Now, we don't always know whether when we spread that seed, whether it's taking root or what's happening. And sometimes we might hear about it later in our lives. Have you ever had someone came to you that you know that said, hey, do you remember 20 years ago when you said something to me? It made a difference in my life Have you had that happen? Anybody want to tell about something like that happening? I've started making a point when I realize people have made the difference in my life and I get a chance I've been starting to try to make that point of telling them how they made a difference in my life and I think that's something that helps encourage them as much as it does me and I think what Jesus is trying to say here is that we are all responsible just like Jesus was responsible to spread the word the disciples were responsible to also spread that word to make it multiply we are also called to do that and sometimes it's hard to do sometimes if you're like me it's a little hard to speak to strangers I'm getting better at it but my wife is really good, she'll talk to anybody. You know, we can be somewhere and she starts a conversation with people. You know, isn't always necessarily what I call the right conversation, but we all need to learn to be bold enough to speak the word of Jesus to someone around us. Sometimes it's not always the words that we speak either. Have you thought of that? Sometimes it's what we do for someone. We were in a store the other day and there was a lady wrestling a thing of water to get into her cart. I said, would you like me to help you with that? And she got offended. Sorry, she was a younger lady. She can handle it. She didn't want this old man to help her. But then there was another lady over there said, could you help me put a car uh, in my cart?" Yeah, i will be glad to. So we can sometimes spread the word by doing good deeds to other people. It's not always the words we speak, but the actions that we do. And when we do things in our lives to help someone else, they see Jesus through us. And we may not be spreading the word the way the farmer spreads the seed, but it's our job to be better at spreading the word. We need to be out there among the people and be showing the people how Christ makes a difference in our lives. And. We may not see the results of it. It's the same as they said about the seed. We may not see that seed growing That seed may be that you spoke to some young person Excuse me. We find that a lot that you, you speak to a young person and you tell them about Jesus and what happens They're with this wrong crowd and as soon as they get with that crowd They don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want to talk about Jesus Because this crowd is telling them all the lies that Satan tells them. That that's impossible. That can't happen. That's not true. That's Satan speaking. And even ourselves, if we think about it, as we mature in Christ, as we're like that plant that's growing and getting bigger and stronger, we're just like that plant that still needs to have the water and the fertilizer, the sun and the rainbows. You know, we need that too. And as I told some of my pastor friends recently, we've had a year and a couple of months that's got to be hard on everybody. Everybody. We can all say that it's been a long year. And in that year when we can't be with the people that we need to be with, we are lacking that encouragement that we need. And we're lacking the possibility of sharing that encouragement with someone else. As a Pastor I find that it's important for me to have friends that are pastors You may not understand that but if you were in the ministry you would and I notice other pastors say the same thing We are trying now to get a lot of our organizations like the ministerium and different things that we do Get it up and running now that we can get together because if we spend an hour just Exchanging what's going on in our lives. It makes a difference talking to someone that understands those things and I'm sure you all have friends, maybe it's even family members, but usually it's the friends that we need that we can talk to, we can share our problems, share what's going on in our lives, and it makes a difference. It encourages us, encourages each one of us. It's like being fed the word. Yes, we need to read the Bible, we need to study the Bible, but we need those friends that stand beside us and help to keep us accountable. Help to keep us on the right track. And if we're with the wrong friends, if we have friends that are the people that are dragging us down, then maybe we need to get rid of those friends. Now we know that Jesus spent time with the sinners, he spent time with uh, all kind of people, I'm not even going to go into names, but all kind of people because he was trying to change their lives. So we still need to spend time with these people, but in a way that we're either changing their lives or if they're changing our lives, we need to get away from them. But we need to be like Jesus. We need to be out there among the people. We need to be sharing the word with the people, planting the seeds, planting the seeds. We may not see the growth of those seeds. We may not see that in our lifetime. We may not get to hear that someone says to you, you made a difference in my life. I can say that every one of you have made a difference in my life in the last, believe it or not, I didn't realize it's six years I've been here. I kept thinking it was five. I'm, I'm finishing my sixth year and you've all made a major difference in my life. I'm thankful for every one of you. I, I truly say that. But I can also think back to all the people that made a difference in my life or I wouldn't be here today. And I've been trying to make it a point that when I see those people to say how they made a difference And if you get that opportunity, if you get the chance to say something to someone, maybe it was years ago, someone said something to you. I remember one time at conference, I was just telling Pastor Schneider about this yesterday. I met someone at conference one time and just in a little conversation we had, and and I didn't really think a lot of it at that moment, but afterwards I thought how it made a difference in my life. The next year when I went to conference and I ran across this guy, I only remembered his name because it was an odd name. His last name was Tickle. Can't forget a name like that, right? And when I saw him the next year, I had to go over to him and say, you know, you probably don't even remember the conversation we had last year, but it, it made a difference in my life. And he looked at me in surprise at first. You know, and then we had another good conversation. But you meet people that make a difference in your life by the things they say, the things they do. And we need to be those kind of people. We need to be the kind of people that we're out there talking to others and that we're showing them that Christ is in our lives. Not always by the words, but by actions also. But what we do makes a difference in someone else's life. And if we're not sowing the seed, just like the farmer, if we can't sow the seed, where will we be? But even in the one parable, Jesus said that no matter whether we sow the seed or not, some of the seed's going to grow. Because the kingdom, even though it starts very small, like a mustard seed, you know, people rejected Jesus, they rejected the disciples, but he says that someday it will be the largest kingdom ever. And that's what we want to be a part of, that kingdom. Do We, not? we want to be a part of the Christian family that we can someday know that we will be with Christ in eternity. I just recently heard a sermon when I was talking about heaven and hell. You know, people do not want to hear the word hell. But there is a hell. And we need to know that. We need to remember that if our lives aren't the kind of lives that we need to be, where we're going to end up for an eternity. An eternity. That's a very long time. So I don't try to say that to you to scare you. I try to say that to encourage you. And may we, as a Christian family, courage one another amen 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 that's great almighty god you have given us the word and sometimes we're like the disciples we don't understand you need to explain it and i pray that you would open our minds help us to be better at understanding your word help us to understand the parables as they teach us a lesson but most of all just help us to be the people you have called us to be Help us to be like the farmer that plants the seed. May we plant the seeds of Christianity into those around us. To those who do not know you. May we be your hands and feet and face. May people see you through us. And may we encourage. Encourage one another. Encourage those new to, the, uh, to Christianity. Those that are just learning about you. May we encourage them. May we strengthen one another in our beliefs. May we be there to help each other. Help us to live our lives in a way that's pleasing to you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Turn to page two.